Aim a Little Higher podcast, episode 13. The turning point of how I came from being depressed to being an international speaker by doing things like I couldn't even speak in front of three people without stuttering and caring so much what people thought about me. But what I, the power is in knowing who you really are. You're locked into Aim a Little Higher podcast, where we interview inspirational individuals every Monday and Wednesday and answer your questions every Saturday to help turn your potential into result results. I know you're going to dig this. Introducing your host, he was an Olympic torchbearer. Pete Jones' National Entrepreneur of the Year and motivational speaker, Kamal Hyman. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Aim and Little Have podcast. It's your boy, Kamal Hyman here, and it's my absolute pleasure to introduce today's guest. He's an award-winning international speaker who is known as the Mind Mechanic. He specializes in getting transformational results by sharing his strategies and solutions on unlocking your true potential. He has reached over 500,000 people worldwide from radio, TV, and speaking gigs around the world. He is also the founder of the Fearless Speaking Academy. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to introduce Warren Inspire Ryan. Warren, what's going on? How's it going, Kamal? You good, brother? Hey, always, always. Thanks for coming to the show, man. My pleasure, man. Thank you for inviting me. Hey, it's a pleasure to have you here. So how are you keeping, man? I've been following you on Snapchat and I'm seeing like so much going on. The album's coming. You're going to Portugal to do a retreat. Like Fearless Academy's pumping. How, how are you managing it all? Do you know what? I don't know how. And I never, I never know how. I just, I just try and do it. <laughs> you know, I just try and do it. But like, I'm in a place right now where it's just, it's, for me, four years ago, this is like manic. But now I'm in a place where I've kind of, okay, I can really do several of these ideas all at once in a crazy, in a crazy way. But um, I love it, man. I love it. Yeah, so it's keeping me on my toes. That's it. And do you know what? I agree. It's powerful how once you set your mind to something, the world sort of shifts to make it happen. 100%. The Aim a Little Higher movement, you know, it's all about setting solid foundations. You know, we say don't chase your dreams, build them. So... We want to find out a bit about your foundation. Let's start right at the beginning. What were you like as a young child? Okay, let's go back to 1960. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was born just before the 90s, right? 1989. And I okay, kind of, probably just grabbed it. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm an 80s baby. 80s, <laughs> 80s 90s. But, um, but yeah, so, um, <laughs> so I started, yeah, started my life with... Um, my mum my mom had me at 17, so I grew up in a very much like uh, an unstable kind of, um, I had an unstable childhood. I grew up in a council estate. Mum had me at 17 years old, witnessed things a child shouldn't see, I witnessed my mum being abused by men, using alcohol, taking drugs. So as an eight-year-old child, I was doing things like, what an adult would, would should do like I would go to school then I'd get home from school and my job would be to find crack pipes around my house and break them because wow. at that time I thought if I broke these crack pipes it would cure my mum from this beast of a drug wow yeah yeah so like start so, so young I had to grow up a lot a lot quicker than most most people 
but a lot of people still go through like in my council estate this this is kind of like the the norm from the people that my friends and stuff that I grew up with but yeah so like I kind of what from the age of age of nine my family got split so um I went into the care system so I I went from home to home Mm. and this this played a huge impact on my school life on my confidence, I got bullied hard because, do you know, when you're in school, man, kids can be harsh. Like, if you yeah. haven't got night trainers, if you've got this high, t- I had the high-tech trainers, boy. Okay. Like, like, if you had the high-tech trainers, that was like a, that was like, um, that was like automatically, you're going to get bullied card, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, like, in the care system, I was always trying to prove to people that I was normal. Okay. You know, and so in my school life, I kind of was always trying to impress people, trying to fit in, trying to be like everybody else, just trying to be normal. And after my school life, so going through the whole school system, I was trying, I was being someone who I wasn't. So that being someone else and trying to, trying to like be, be approved by everybody else, that lasted the whole time you're at school, all the way through to GCSEs? 100%, yeah. Wow. Like, but the, the blessing, the blessing in my story was that when I was 13 years old, my mum, she put herself into rehab, and she got all of us back together again, and that was like, for me, that was like all of my Christmases, all of my kind of birthdays put in one, and I was like, it was amazing. And we we moved from Oxford, so I grew up in Oxford where everything happened. People, like everyone knows everyone in Oxford, mm-hmm. so wherever you go, people know who you are. So I got, yeah, so like everyone knows your past. But I moved to Bristol. My mum took us to Bristol. No one knew my past. So that's where I moved there when I was in year, I moved in just as I started year 10. And I painted my story. I told people what I wanted them to hear. And by doing that, I became liked at school. I became liked for being someone who I wasn't. Right, which is dangerous. I guess that's a double-edged sword for you because... On the one hand, great, it's a new, fresh start, new story. Tell whatever story you want. But on yeah. the other hand, you're telling them a story that's not you. Exactly. So you're being now, now being, you know, accepted, but not for yourself, which is probably just as bad as being rejected for being you, right? A hundred percent. Because I knew, like, I was, I could so easily convince other people that I was cool or I was like yeah I was one of the boys but when I was at home I knew my past I knew my story and mm. I let it I let my past devalue me okay so yeah so like for me like my school life growing up was something it was a consistent adversity like just adversities and obstacles but um I just kind of had in my head that this is life and you just got to kind of fit into society to be accepted. And I thought being accepted or being normal was the way, the way to live. Right. That kind of accepted mediocrity kind of thing that exactly. let me do what most people are doing in order to be accepted by most people. Yeah, exactly that. Dangerous, dangerous. And as you know, like you can only kind of um, pretend so much so like for, for, for so long. And what happened was, was that, I made it professional at Bristol Rovers football team when I was 16. And boy, it was like the Drake song. Like I started from the bottom. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I've made it. And I, on a Saturday night, just as I was turning, like just before I was turning 18, I'd be out in the clubs, 
VIP table, thinking that like I'm one of the guys I've made it. Mm. But what happened was was I started to kind of get soaked up in that culture where I wasn't putting the work into my football. I was getting distracted by the, the lights, the women, for example, and all of this attention that I was getting, I was getting distracted by it. I was allowing it. I was getting my significance from it. So what happened was like I was going out on Friday nights and having a match on a Saturday. Wow. Oh, yeah. You know, that's bad. You can't be playing 90 minutes after you've been drinking, et cetera. Like drink professional level as well. Nah, yeah, for real. That's dangerous. So I got, I got released and I became really bitter. Mm -hmm. I was in a toxic relationship. I was in a relationship basically to be honestly i was i was with her purely for how she looked because mm. that was another trophy for me to feel validated and then that broke down as well and that's when like i went through that beast of i call it a beast man i went through depression and that was at the age of 21 i went through depression and i literally fell off that conveyor belt that i was on mm-hmm. and it was like, what's the point in, wow. what, in whatever you do? What's, what's the point? You go to uni, but then you die. <laughs> wow, that's deep. But, yeah, so like I was in a place where I, it, everything lost its wow factor. Right. And that sucked up my enjoyment in life. And I was in a place where I, I was in a, a job that I didn't like. And I was literally going from my room. I, I moved from Bristol I moved from when everything happened in Bristol from getting released, split with my partner, I moved back to Oxford on my own. Mm-hmm. And being a man, so say, being a man and a, uh, an alpha male, <laughs> have to kind of like not show anyone your emotions and feelings. So I was fighting this alone. I wasn't telling anybody. Okay. I was letting my pride stop me from telling people. Pride's a dangerous thing, man. Exactly. Man. Pride's a dangerous thing. When you, especially for our listeners listening, like if you're in a situation even close to that i think that 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 piece of advice is go and get some help go and talk to somebody who can help you get out of that situation 100 percent, 100 percent. and like for me it took me to nearly ending my life like i was in a place where i, I, I felt numb like mm. for anyone that's gone through it they would know what i'm talking about but it, it's a numbing place it's a hollow place and I remember going to the hospital because like it, it got so bad. I was having anxiety, panic attacks. Yeah. And I went to the doctors and I told them everything, man. I, I opened my heart to them. I started crying and it was very like, she was just ticking boxes. There was no <laughs> motion. It was just ticking boxes and prescribed me of antidepressants. Wow. And it was almost like, like, I don't know, I know you're a doctor, but <laughs> come on, care. Like, <laughs> give me a hug, man. Give me a give hug. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, give me a hug. For but real. yeah, like, I remember going home and holding that prescription in my hand and just thinking, like, I can't do this. I can't be dependent on drugs. I can't. Mm. I was crying. I just, and then for me, I just kind of, I just said, I, I had no one. So I, was, I reached out to God and I said, God, like, show me a way, show me a path, show me something, give me some sort of sign. But this is when <laughs> in my life, I believe in fate. I believe in the law of attraction. I believe in once you have a strong enough belief, something like you will live on you, you will live on your terms. Of, and it's, it's, that's my belief I've had since I was young. Like when, when my mum was on drugs, I just knew something inside of me. I just knew that she was going to come off drugs. And 5% of people 
that are on heroin get off 5%. Mm. So I had this, I know, such a deep belief inside of me. But the, the craziest thing was the day after I had a phone call and it was like, hey, Warren, you apply for this job in America to coach soccer. And I was <laughs> like, what? And I was confused. But then, I, then I, it hit me. I applied for this job a year ago. Oh, wow. A year ago. But I, <laughs> I didn't get it because I didn't have the right coaching qualifications. Yeah. And then what happened was, it's like, Warren, someone's dropped out at the last minute. Do you want to take this opportunity? So I said, do you know what? In my head, I thought, I'm depressed. I'm in a place where I just want to escape. It was death or go away. So I thought, this is the perfect opportunity. I said, yeah, when do I go? Expecting them to say, yeah, two months time. They were like, if you want the, if you want the opportunity, Warren, you've got to leave on Friday. next <laughs> Monday. So it was like, I went to the London embassy, got my visa, got everything that I needed, said goodbye to people on Facebook, on Facebook, you know, <laughs> on Facebook. I, mean, I, I, I headed to Heathrow and then I, next thing I was in Boston and <laughs> I've never been to America before. So my perception of America is like Hollywood films, like yeah, Will Smith, Denzel Washington, all of these people, yeah. So I'm just sitting in this airport listening to these American accents, thinking like, oh my God, where the hell am I? This is like a film. So <laughs> this is like a massive distraction. And when I, when I was working with kids, boy, like this was my kind of the opening, the, the new perception, a new window of life that I was seeing because the kids happy, the children's happiness and their excitement, it was contagious Mm. you know it was contagious and I was starting I was starting to get this feeling good feeling back back again change and the, of environment wow powerful power it was so powerful and then I ended up going to Chicago and you know Eric Thomas right of course ET yeah when you want as bad as you want to breathe then you'll yeah. be successful so like, I've never heard of anything motivational no motivational speakers in my life but I was in Chicago I'm playing football on the beach and I'm looking around and all I'm seeing is these chiseled guys with eight packs. <laughs> oh my God, I need to do something about my, because I, I was getting used to that whole American style of super size food everywhere I was eating. Man, something. I went to America, they gave me ice cream for dessert on my breakfast. I was like, huh? <laughs> <I> was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's mad. Yeah, so I thought, you know what? I'm going to go on YouTube. I'm going to download a track or something. I'm going to play some tracks on YouTube. And start running on the beach. Came across Eric Thomas. Mm -hmm. When you want to succeed, as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Changed everything. Changed all my come out like literally. I thought, you know what? I was in a place where I, I want to be successful, man. But this guy, his passion. I didn't just hear what he was saying. I felt what this guy was saying. Powerful, powerful. And I was like, I need to know. I need to know more about this guy. So. I started to search for his videos, but then what I realized was that this is it. This was the, the wake up moment for me was that I saw this guy expressing his story, something that I kept hidden inside of me, something that I didn't tell anyone, not even my closest friends about my past, but he's on stage speaking in front of thousands of people. Bearing it all. <laughs> bearing it all with his hands pumped out wide, like, whoa! 
Like, this is me. And I'm thinking, this guy's crazy. He's mad. What the hell is this guy on? Why that? Why would you ever do? Why you don't share things behind closed doors? You don't tell these people because they're going to use it against you. Very British. Very British. Yeah? Stiff upper lip. Keep your problems to yourself and, and yeah. put on a good show. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was like, boy, okay. Um, Then it hit me. I thought, you know what? There's power in your story. There is because I got connected to him straight away from his story and his story was so similar to mine so I said you know what I need to share my story so I spent the whole night writing my story and I hate writing you know I really ah but I need to muscle I muscled through it the whole night tears were rolling down my face but I was writing and writing and I sent it out on my blog and I posted that on Facebook Twitter where all of my old friends were on my Facebook at the time and I just got do you know have you seen the film Bruce Almighty Yes. <laughs> like, do you know when he's getting all of those prayers coming through? On his yeah. <laughs> Literally, I had, my inbox was full. Like, it was like people saying, I don't know who you are. I'm from Australia. I just read your story and I'm going through this at the moment. Or I've gone through that. And you've proved to me, actually, if you can do it, I can do it as well. So I'm like, oh my God. And I'm feeling, feeling like I need to do something more. But this, this feeling is that so many people are going for it, but yet everyone hides. Mm. And no one, apart from the only person that I saw share their story at that time was Eric Thomas. Mm. And then my face, my Twitter went from like 200 to 25,000 followers. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, and then it hit me. I was like, I need to be a speaker. Mm. I need, I need to reach a million lives. I don't know where the million came from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Came <laughs> I thought of a big number and a million came up. But yeah, I was like, a mil- I, I, need to, I, I need to reach a million lives. And what happened then was that um, I said, I'm going to be a speaker. I'm going to move to central London. I don't know how. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't need to know how. And then I, what I needed to know first was I needed to master my psychology. I needed to master my MacBook. And I'm not talking about the MacBook <laughs> that you type on, my mind. So I realized that actually, do you know what? I found the root cause of my depression. And actually, I changed the perception of my depression as being a call to action. And that call was saying, Warren, you're not in line with what you're supposed to be doing. Mm. So what I did then was I started to kind of become in a place where I was managing my emotion. I was changing meanings on things that would normally bring me down by understanding the power of thought. That's it. The way way you look at things. It's like uh, if you get up in the morning and say, I have to go to work today. Versus, I get to go to work today. Yeah, it's just yeah. the slightest like, changes. Like, it's not a job, do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> for real. Some people that, that would want to be where you are. And what I realised was that it's like one man's treasure is another man's rubbish. It's not treasure and it's not rubbish. It's just our meaning that we attach mm-hmm. to this tangible thing. And I, I realised that that was the same. And that actually with the mindset, the subconscious mind is like the storage room. Yeah. And who I thought I was that devaluing of me going, I've gone through this, I've gone through that, was just a paradigm. It was just a belief, a condition, um, conditioning in that storage room in the subconscious mind. And I started to realise things like, you know, we're walking, but we're not thinking about walking. Mm, it's just happening. And, and, it's, and it's just happening via the subconscious mind. And then I realised that actually, do you know what? We are run we're running from the subconscious 95% of the time. Mm. So, then, so you've got, to, you've got to wonder what's in that subconscious, what, what yeah. you program into it. hundred percent. Exactly. 100%. So I started to really, 
like from what society labeled me, from what my teachers said, my parents said, I completely reconditioned, reconditioned everything. And I started to realize that I was one in seven billion. Damn right. We are all, all <laughs> completely unique. And I think from your story, I think what people, well, the major takeaways that I can hear for, for our audiences, first and foremost is don't be scared to be you. It's just as, I think it's, it's almost yeah. worse to give this, fake facade this fake version of you and get accepted for that because you're not being accepted for yourself you know what i mean you don't want to go to school every day go to college every day being someone different to when you're at home mm. you know i mean be your true self all the time and what you'll find is people will love you for it people won't <laughs> like it and it's not your problem either way you know what i mean like <laughs> i'm sure there's some people who see you and like oh nah i don't like that warren guy man <laughs> All the time. Man. And it's fine, right? <laughs> 100% is fine. Like, what I kind of say to people as well is when you die, open your casket up and see how many people jump in with you. <laughs> you know, these people that are in your life, okay, um, we're, we're always, I think, where it comes from is that whole caveman philosophy of we need to be in groups to be safe. But it's yeah. 2016 right now and standing out like, you can be safe standing out and being yourself. Oh, and for real. There's so much power in standing out. And that's when you find the right people. When you are yourself, you will find the right people. When I decided, you know, I'm going to start speaking, I'm going to start inspiring young people, automatically I started finding people with the same mission and we started <laughs> hanging out. Like, it's just what happens. That's how I'm connected with people like yourselves. Yeah. That's how, you know, we had Action Jacks on the show before. That That's how it happens from you being yourself so yeah that's powerful man i'm saying everyone needs to just be themselves and mm. i think another sort of message that came through really strong is if you're going through something don't feel like you have to keep that clogged up to yourself because by the sounds of it it just builds and builds and builds until that that breaking point exactly what's, 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 that, what's that saying a problem shared is a problem halved real talk real talk because you never know who can help you or Especially if you go and talk to someone who is a professional in that industry and can help you in the sense of like, you know, you went to a doctor, but they could go to maybe a therapist, maybe a counsellor, um, even a teacher at your school. Talk to someone, let them know what you're going through so they can help guide you out of it. So, yeah, massively powerful, man. And then take opportunities. Yeah, take, yeah. Take, <laughs> take op- like if you had said no to that phone call to go into America. <laughs> like, yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, we wouldn't be on this interview right now. Yeah, exactly. 100%. I might not even be in this world right now if I wouldn't have took that phone call. Scary. I was literally, I was at ground zero. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's like what I've, the turning point of how I came from being depressed to being an international speaker by doing things like I couldn't even speak in front of three people without <laughs> stuttering and caring so much what people thought about me. But what I, the power is in knowing who you really are. Mm-hmm. And when you know who you really are, you can actually change the things that you don't like in your life. That's it. You learn to love yourself and then you change the, the little bits you don't like. Like, I love myself, but you know what? I'm going to go to the gym to get in a bit better shape. Like, But yeah. the root of it is is that love you have for yourself. And that's so important, man. So important. And I know there's going to be people listening who are like, oh, you know, international speaking, that's amazing. You know, uh, the speakers, uh, Fearless Speaking Academy. And they're sort of in a space now where GCSEs, college, that kind of thing. And they're probably wondering, hmm, what ed- what education route did did Warren take? So can we find that out? So you, what education route did you take? You know, from school GCSEs, what did you do? Do you know? Um, have you seen that video by Sully Brakes about 
the uh, I love I love education. Yes, yes, yes. So for me, how I kind of my view on it at the moment is that when I was in school, I used to talk so much at the back of the class, blah, 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 like gossiping. My teachers must have hated me. Mm-hmm. But what I realized was this: is that even when I work with kids right now, is that if I speak monotone, if I don't move, majority of the class switch off. Yeah. So it was that whole. I believe when I, after I left school that I wasn't like, I didn't like education. So therefore I wasn't knowledgeable mm. and it wasn't until I got to ground zero where I started to read. So for example, for the last 1,266 days, I've been reading every single day of self-development. Okay. So I found the passion in it. Like if my teachers would have explained to me, do you know what? By doing this, this, and this, you can get there and there. Like they were kind of saying, you got to do this, ex- these exams. But I didn't know. They didn't tell me like what I was going to do after, like after school. Oh, okay, so there was no vision beyond yes. the obstacle in front of you. Yeah. So yeah, like, yeah. There, there was no, there was no vision there. So, so for me now, it's like education is is priceless, and it's understanding that sometimes the source of where you get it from, it's like understanding why. Ask yourself why, why you're, why you're learning and don't, like, for example, you might not like a teacher, mm. and, but they're telling you relevant stuff that you need to know to get you to where you need to be. But don't allow your, your feelings towards, towards that teacher to, to, to really take in the knowledge that they're giving you. Mm, don't, like, don't, don't like almost <laughs> punish yourself for not liking that teacher yeah. by not listening and getting that education. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, exactly that. And it's just like realizing that, is that like um, with anything, the fact that you can walk, talk, these are all kind of like hard tasks to do, that you have to learn how to do this. And then now you do it without thinking. But that's the same process with anything that you want to achieve in this life. Anything you learn. Anything yeah. that you learn. It's, it's like realizing that the relationship of learning is building a, a relationship with what you already know to something that you don't know. So it sounds like you went down the route of, of going, you know, like you've learned more from your self-development books almost, like that you had to go and fix yourself. Um, yeah, well, do you know what? I, like I was, reading was a, is a, played a big, big part, but yeah. I realised that I couldn't see the picture when I was in the frame, so I had mentors. So, like, so not just one, but a, a range of different mentors. Okay. So those mentors obviously being teachers as well. So it's just... Knowing that so one not one person can teach you everything. Mm. So in in the sense of like the formal traditional route of uh secondary school, college, university, that kind of thing. Yeah. You did secondary school. Yeah. Did you decide to go to college or did Do you know f- what? I, I was I was playing at Bristol Rovers, so we had to do a MVQ, which is like a course that you had to do at college. Okay. So so for me I went to college and college for me was just a, a pretty much of a social. Like my mindset wasn't in the right place. I just imagined that. I was going to play football for the rest of my life. So why do I need English? Why do I need maths? Okay. Immature kind of approach to it. But now looking back, if I was to educate that person who's 15, 16, I'd be like, do you know what? Find out where, where you want to be, have that destination and then use whatever's in front of you as a stepping stone. Perfect. Don't get, don't let your mood, don't let your emotions affect you from learning. Because if you keep your eyes on the prize, then the, the things that you seem that you think are mountains at the moment will turn into mount holes. <laughs> for, real. for real awesome so it sounds like secondary school college didn't take college that seriously because of the football yeah but then when that football kind of fell through 
it, you didn't go back to education. You sort of took that America opportunity in it and it went from there. Yeah, it went, went from there. And I started awesome. going to seminars weekly and just learning, just being passionate about learning and realizing that, guys, we have Google, we have YouTube. It's like there's so much learning that you can access. And I don't believe when people say I can't do something because when they say I can't do something, what happens, what comes to my mind then is that you can't be bothered. Yeah. Because you can do anything if you apply your mind to it and if you're willing to fail your way to success. Powerful, powerful. Now, by the sounds of it, your first, was was that America opportunity your first job? It was my first, yeah, outside of football. It was oh. my first, yeah. Okay, so your first job was like the professional footballer and then the coaching was like the that, that second job. Yes, it was, yeah. Awesome. And do you have any, do you think there's been any like surprising uh, moments or, or surprising achievements that have helped you become the man you are today? That people would, you wouldn't necessarily link the two, if you know what I mean? Yeah. Are there any, have, can you give us a, one example of like a surprising achievement that has helped you on the journey? Do you know what? What's helped me on my journey was um, I actually got awarded at the BAFTAs um, for the Black to Black, Back to Black um, Inspirational Award for my speaking. And it was for people that kind of, they kind of voted for you from kind of just people that I didn't know. Oh, cool. So it was kind of like that whole, it removed the limited belief in my, on my journey. It made me realize that actually, do you know what? People are listening to what I'm saying. Because when you first start, start out in anything, like you those dreams that you have those ideas they make perfect sense in your head <laughs> and nowhere else <laughs> and nowhere else so like, oh my god one okay i've read the books i've done this i've got mentors they said do this do that but i'm not seeing the results yet but i, I just had the faith but that getting that award for me it was Maybe that whole real. tangible thing that i could look at and go yeah okay something's working something's working yeah powerful powerful we're gonna go on to our rapid round where i'm literally gonna just fire questions at you and just answer them as honestly as you can okay awesome so we'll start right beginning what did what time do you wake up 5 a.m 5 a.m every day every day what's one thing you do in the morning to guarantee a productive day i do squats and i do star jumps and i'm like yes 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 <laughs> waking up everyone else in the house exactly my girlfriend's like what Nice. If you could be any animal, which would you be and why? A lion. I believe a lion is someone that hunts for his family and does, doesn't have the raw to show his strength. Oh, powerful. What's your favourite dessert? My favourite dessert, I would say chocolate brownies, man. Okay. <laughs> I hear that one. I hear that one. Name one thing you couldn't go without. Books. Okay. Powerful, powerful. You're at a karaoke bar. What's your go-to song? Every little thing gonna be alright. Okay. <laughs> nice, a bit of Bob Marley. <laughs> awesome. Tell us something most people don't know about you. I don't switch off. Literally, I'm like this every single day, 24 hours. Only way, actually, the only time I switch off is when I'm sleeping. Okay, but you're 24-7, high energy. Oh my just... God, crazy. Like literally ideas, I'm pumped and I'm just literally like this. People are like, how would you do it? So like with everything, like, well, I'm having breakfast right now. Yeah, these eggs are on point. Like... <laughs> We're kind of like in a, yeah, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't, not in a fake way, but like, yeah, I'm yeah. like enthusiastic, <laughs> man, because I believe that we're going to die soon, man. We've got to make the most of it. <laughs> got you, man. So so you're, you, you, you 
go into every day with that same passion and, yes, and energy. Powerful stuff. What's your most effective daily habit? It's my affirmations that I say every single day. Okay. When do you say them? I say them first things when I wake up, just before I go to bed as well. And it's just affirming. It's creating a belief system that before I might not have believed, but the, when you affirm something, when you're saying it over and over again, it then becomes a belief. And it's like, it's powerful. It's just helped me so much on my travels and my journey. Powerful. And for those listening who aren't sure what affirmations are, affirmations are basically where you have a statement that you say out loud um, to yourself, like repeatedly until it becomes embedding your subconscious you don't even have to think about it you you believe it yeah and like a, like a good example of that is that the reason why you know your name is because you've heard it over and over again and now you respond to when someone calls your name for a yeah powerful what's your biggest distraction um something related to an apple <laughs> the phone i would say the phone just going off all the time you can't leave it alone if there's notifications yeah. on it yeah do you know it's like people are always calling out messaging and my run my business from my phone as well so it's just it's with me more than i don't know it's just always with me i'm like i want to break up with it but i just haven't got the heart so. <laughs> <laughs> you can't leave the relationship <laughs> i can't leave man i i get that 100 and i think that's probably the same for most students i see man like they're like that phone i just Get withdrawal symptoms if I put it down too long. So yeah, exactly. I've, I've learned airplane mode is is a powerful thing because you can see it breathing, but no one can disturb you. <laughs> I like it exactly, and it's just I think as well though is that like realize of what you're using it for. If I, if I I don't ever use it for games, I'm not playing games on it. I'm mean, it's purely for knowledge, adding value, and but at the same time it's just it gives you that illusion that you're interacting, but you're actually on a device. Yeah. You know? yeah. Powerful, powerful. A time machine is created. It can yes. only take you backwards and can't bring you back, but you will keep all the knowledge you have now. You're taken back to your 18th birthday. Knowing what you know now, what are the first three things you would do? I would take off those ridiculous skinny chinos, man. <laughs> 100%. I couldn't breathe in them. Oh, dear. You know, I, <laughs> I, would, I would remove myself from those fake friends that I was surrounding myself with trying to impress people. I remove, remove myself from the club and just be focused on where I'm going in life and picking up a book, man. <laughs> powerful, powerful stuff. Why do you do what you do? I mean, you, you kind of covered it. It sounds like it was after seeing the reaction people gave you from the social media once you shared your story, right? Mm. It's, do you know, the reason why I do what I do for, um, First and foremost, it was like, I needed a purpose bigger than myself. Like, when you go through depression, you can't live for yourself no more. And, and to be honest, you can't even do it for your family. So the whole million lives, to know that I could reach a million lives, that the value in that I could touch that many people's lives to make people realise that you can do anything or you're, you are, you're enough as you are, that, that there is has been exactly why I'm so energetic, so enthusiastic every single day is because I want to live a life of purpose. Powerful. And for audience members who are listening and want to get to where you are today, what are three little habits they could start now? Your daily routine of what you do every single day, because what you do every single day is producing the results that you have in your life right now. 
So if you want more, you've got to become more. And you've got to see your goals and dreams and your why of why you're doing it. Somewhere where you brush your teeth, where you wake up, wherever you see it every single day. So if you have to put it on post-it notes, you have a vision board. And what happens then, it keeps it at the forefront of your mind so you don't get distracted. So when that TV's flicking on, mm. you're focused on where you need to be. So what I would say is write down what you currently do and write down where you want to be and then find what you need to do and, and put that in your daily routine so that you get there step by step. You don't have to make huge progressions, but just take daily action, little steps, big steps. It's all moving forward. Okay, but all dependent upon your goal. And to give an example of this, I did this at the, um, at the end of last year. I was like, okay, cool, what's my daily routine look like? And I thought, right, I want to get into shape. So boom, there has to be a, a part of it for gym. Yeah. I wanted to do a podcast. Cool. So now I have to schedule some time where I just focus on a podcast. I'm still running my business. Cool. Let me have some time where I do the business. So yeah, that's powerful, guys. Powerful. Look at your routine now. Think about where you want to go and think, what routine would I have if I was there already? Yeah. You know, and work back from there. Powerful stuff. And then finally, this won't be, this won't be a strange scenario to you, <laughs> but you're, you're still on stage in front of 10,000 young people. You're only allowed to give one piece of advice. Okay. Before you're dragged off stage by the men in the suits, what would it be? I would say live the life you want to live. Don't be distracted by what anybody else says because no one can live for you. Only you can do that. So find out what gets you up in the morning. Find out what you can do seven days of the week and go and go and be so effective at doing that. That would be my advice. And then the security guys would chuck me off. That's it. <laughs> Grab you and dash you off the stage. <laughs> Powerful. Warren, thank you for your time, man. It's been an absolute honor to, to have you on the show. And before we let you go, how can our listeners get in contact with you? So guys, are you ready for this? Okay, guys. If you get your if you got your phone on you right now, <laughs> now don't say I do it later because you're gonna forget. This is what's gonna happen. Okay, so guys, the best way to find me is on Facebook. Okay, I love Facebook. Maybe you'd use Instagram and do that too. So it's Warren Inspire Ryan on all social platforms. So Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I have a website which is www.warreninspireryan.co.uk, and wait for it, guys. I have a YouTube channel. Warren inspire Brian as well. Subscribe, guys. Send me a message as well, guys. I love connecting with you guys and any questions that you have. I'm so happily there to answer from for the little. I was going to say that my, my, my words get muddled up sometimes, but yeah. <laughs> guys, man. Any questions that you have? Awesome stuff, ladies and gentlemen. You can surround yourself with eagles or chickens, and you spend time with a true eagle today, Mr. Warren Inspire Ryan, and myself, Kamal Hyman. Continue to aim a little higher, and I will see you next time. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to the Aim a Little Higher podcast. You could have been anywhere in the world listening to any show, and you chose to the Aim a Little Higher podcast. And for that, I appreciate you. Please be sure to go to www aimalittlehigher.com and join the tribe and get your crash course in how to build your brand if you'd like the opportunity to win an aim a little higher shirt and get a whole podcast episode dedicated to your question 
get over to www.aimlittlehigher.com and click the ask a question box to ask us any question you have whatsoever or reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. Type in Aim Little Higher or Kamal Hyman or Eliza.doyle into Instagram. Ask us your question and like the other episodes, you'll get a whole episode based on your question. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Peace.